and gentlemen, with the words you've been waiting on, the best you've heard all day, please welcome Julie Roberts. Gentlemen, start your engines. All right, another episode of the XG Podcast. Ready to go, Tyler Head, Dalton Mullinex with you as always. Coming off of a long, long weekend at Nashville Super Speedway. All three series in action. The Cup Series ran very late on Sunday night, but at the end of it, Chase Elliott picked up his second one of the season. He now joins that ever-growing list of guys with two wins on this very wide-open championship battle of the season we have going on. For starters, big for Chase Elliott. Really kind of big for Hendrick Motorsports, too, because as dominant as they were to start the season, not that they've fallen off, but they haven't been going to victory lane as consistently as they were. And now they weren't the dominant team on the night. We'll get to that in a minute. Chase Elliott gets them back into victory lane, and who knows what they could be setting up for this summer stretch. Well, that, that's exactly right. I mean, you, you want to start getting hot at this point in time of the year. You know, we've got, you know, still a few races to go before the end of the regular season. And, um, but you want to be looking up, headed towards the playoffs, and, and they've been running better. And, look, they're not only do they want to continue to win races, they want to win the point regular season points battle. And, you know, racing this weekend, they, they took a step in the right, right direction. They're now 30 points, I believe, ahead of second place. So, you know, continuing to put a little distance between yourself and second. And that's something that's kind of been cropping up these past couple of weeks is Ross Chastain – cutting into that points lead and very significant what happened a couple weeks ago at Gateway where obviously Chase Elliott got took out by Ross Chastain obviously Chastain still came away with the top 10 finish there he's just been biting into this and with how successful track house racing has been this season what a story it would be if Ross Chastain could come away with a regular season points victory and have those 15 playoff playoff points yeah yeah and that's at the end of the day that's what you want I mean you know it's this time of year you know, you've got your win in the bag. You know, you've got multiple wins in the bag. So, you know that you're definitely getting the playoffs. You know, so you just – you want to rack up those playoff points however you can. Yeah. For Chase Elliott, this sets up really well for him. I've got two wins on two ovals, something they didn't do last year. We're about to go to Road America. We're about to go to the Indy Road Course. We're about to go to Watkins Glen. you got to think at some point he's going to knock off another road course victory between now and then. And with how great Hendrick's been at these high-speed racetracks this year, Pocono. Michigan these type of tracks are going to play into his hand too I'm not saying he's going to go into the playoffs with five or six wins but I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to knock off maybe one or two more between now and then most definitely story of the night though Chase Elliott ended up leading I believe 40 or 41 laps on the night Joe Gibbs Racing who was god awful the last time we saw them at Sonoma two weeks ago couldn't even get a car into the top 15 leads 250 of the 300 laps on Sunday night and the two best cars don't even finish in the top 20. Yeah. It it just, it was night and day. I mean, literally night and day. No. And just, this is the first time this season, because obviously the Chevys have been fast the entire year. And, you know, you've had guys like Hamlin jump up there and win some races. Kyle Busch has looked strong, you know, consistently, but not that like that race winning speed. This was the first time we really saw Toyota in like that true 2019 form where they were dominating every race, leading every race, going on to eventually win the championship with Kyle Busch. Like we haven't seen them look that strong in quite some time. 
And again, when we talk about going into these summer months, these different type of racetracks we're going to be going to, is that a sign that Toyota's maybe figured things out? Maybe. I mean, you know, like you said, a couple weeks ago, they, they looked like one of the worst teams in the entire field. And then this weekend, they looked like the best team in the entire field. So I think for them, just getting consistency is definitely going to help. And, um, you know, we'll see if they've, they've figured something out. My question, though, is you get down to this, this race scenario, and Chase Elliott was leading. Kyle Busch was running him down and, you know, wasn't able to, to get around him, but he was right there. You're faced with this late race caution. It's like, okay, I think there's like 26 cars on the lead lap. You're going to have about four to five laps to run here. Tires weren't falling off all that much. And I get it. There's often the time like, okay, we're going to do the opposite of what the leader does. But in that short of a run to the finish, where the, this isn't Darlington, this isn't Atlanta or old Atlanta, I guess, where the tires just get chewed up after one lap, like the tires weren't going to make that big of a difference. So, and I heard somebody else bring up this point. If you're Joe Gibbs racing or having this strong night, you got all four of your cars up there. Why not split the strategy? Bring two of them into pit, leave two of them out. That way, at least two of them have a good shot at winning. And maybe the ones that pit surprise you and get themselves back up there. But you have these two great cars in Kyle Busch and Martin Trex Jr. who are up there contending for the lead, again, getting relegated to 21st and 22nd place finishes after leading over the half the race themselves. Yeah, it was just a bad strategy call. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they thought tires were just that valuable. I mean, look, there was some value in the tires, like you said, yeah. but it wasn't like a Darlington where, you know, after one lap, everybody's coming in to get four fresh ones. You know, that's just, that's not what it was. Um, so I think that it was just, a, it was a mistake. I mean, I'm sure they'll tell you it was a mistake. Well, and also with the rain that delayed the race for a couple of hours, it washed away all that resin. And with the night, uh, with the nightfall that cooled the track down, it became more of a one-group racetrack for the second half of the race. When we saw that when Kyle Busch was on Chase Elliott's bumper for those last couple laps for the caution, clean air was so important, and passing became a lot more difficult. It wasn't impossible; it became a lot harder. So it's like, okay, at least put yourself on the front row and give yourself a fighting chance to maybe beat Elliott in turn number one. Because again, what it, exactly what happened? Chase Elliott gets the restart, he gets out. Of Nobody has anything for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, he scooted on to victory. Yep. So the controversial things of this race, we'll get to them uh, accordingly, I guess. The, the first thing, obviously, being the rain. This race started at 5 o'clock Eastern time, 4 o'clock local time out there in Nashville. And you're being a weatherman, what happens late in the afternoon in the south? Thunderstorms roll in. So this race, and I know they moved it up a couple minutes. They could have moved it up that hour like they have the ability to do. They didn't for whatever reason. So as soon as the race starts, you know, it's threatening rain. All right, maybe we'll make it to halfway. We get the lightning strikes. That delays us and delays us. All right, we get back running in. We get almost to halfway, and then we have the rain coming. That delays us for several hours. I give credit to NASCAR for getting the race in that night, but for how important this race was, especially being – NBC's first race of the season the second half of the year going for this run all the way to the championship we don't have an off weekend until we get to the season finale this starts that stretch one all the way to the end of the season and for that momentum to be stalled you're on a network race on NBC you've done all this promoting you know we know obviously NBC is the better broadcast than Fox Sports is this is a race so many people are looking forward to and that momentum is just stunted with this late start in this rain where the race had ended up finishing on USA and it didn't end until midnight on Sunday. 
uh, yeah, and it just, it was just all around just, it, it was truly a worst case scenario. I mean, you, you don't want that obviously, but you know, I, I text you when I found out, like, I think it was like Thursday of last week. I was like, why is this race at five o'clock? And I'm sure that somebody had a great idea for it. Um, but it's just, it, it didn't make sense. And it come back to bite him in the butt. And to me, you know, why are running a day race in the South in the summertime anyway? Like yeah. the, the Atlanta race is probably going to be brutally hot here in a couple of weeks. going to be a hundred degrees there. Um, why are you running Nashville in the middle of the day? It was a hundred degrees there. Um, you know, that was the concern going into the weekend. And, and when I look at these kind of races, I don't think from it, from the perspective of, oh, the driver's going to be really hot inside the cars. They're professionals. They prepare for this stuff. Usually we don't have problems. Now, I don't want anybody to get hurt or get, you know, heat stroke or anything like that, but everybody came away fine. My concern is with the fans. And you're asking fans to go out there and sit in this boiling sun for three, three and a half hours um, with not as much access to water. You couldn't bring coolers in a Nashville super speedway. That could have backfired on them drastically. But, but I think more specifically about young fans. And NASCAR is doing everything it can to grow the sport and make it accessible for that next generation, those kids that are six, seven, eight years old to become lifelong NASCAR fans. If I'm an eight-year-old kid and I go to my first NASCAR race at Nashville Super Speedway and it's 100 degrees and I don't get to enjoy myself, I'm going to have a negative connotation to a NASCAR race, and that might turn me off of it forever. Now, yes, that's maybe a worst-case scenario, but I think about these kind of things when we look at these kind of scenarios. Well, it's, it's a possible scenario. And, you know, that's just you don't want to have somebody's first time at the track be an awful experience and they never come back. Um, and, you know, this was talked about when, when uh, Dover got rained out, pushed to Monday earlier in the season, that the networks have basically gambled on the risk of losing two races a season to rain, whether that be delayed towards late in the day or pushed to the next day. You've got your two, you're halfway through the season, so anything else past this is kind of taking from that inventory that you weren't expecting. So again, and I understand it late in the day, you get better ratings and all that kind of stuff. You can charge more for ads, but at the same time, it, to me, it's still too big of a risk, and, and I don't like it. Yeah, I agree. It's also really weird to wait around for a five o'clock race. Like it just makes the entire day feel very odd as a fan. Well, well, and like for me, like the Braves played at seven o'clock Sunday night, so I couldn't even. It wasn't even like I could enjoy them at one and then roll right into the race. It was just constantly checking your clock, waiting for five o'clock to roll around. I was gonna say at least I think the rain delay at least helped out a little bit with that. You got to see more of the game. Yeah, yeah, I did. Other controversial thing, uh, after this last green flag comes out with four laps to go, of course, last restart, everybody's going crazy all over the place. Brad Keselowski and Cole Custer hit the wall off of turn number four. I was, ready, I was expecting the caution to come out. Did I want it to come out? No, because I wanted the race to end so I could finally go to bed because I had to get a fork the next morning. It doesn't come out. Brad Keselowski is limping down the back straightaway at like, 10 miles an hour with a, his car is destroyed. It's jumping all over the place. I thought it was going to jump back onto the racetrack when Elliot was going on the back straightaway that last time. NASCAR doesn't call the caution. And everybody, of course, points their finger at Chase Elliott being the leader of this race. NASCAR playing favorites, you know, the Dale Jr. effect, whatever you want to call it. I don't think that was the case, though. I think this was a scenario of NASCAR wanting to get this race over like I wanted it to be over and saying, let's not restart this again. 
you know, they're moving at least they're out of the way. Like there's any debris on the track. Let's just finish this thing. But again, the court of public opinion is going to point finger at Chase Elliott. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, I think it's 100% because Chase was leading, uh-huh. you know, had, had he been in second and Kurt Busch been in first, they'd have thrown the caution immediately. Yeah. I think it's one of those things we, we don't know because we didn't get the other side of the coin. Um, right. It's one of those scenarios that for NASCAR, it's hard to ignore. Like, oh, you didn't throw the caution when Chase Elliott was leading. Well, you know, you go back to the Ryan Blaney caution at, or the Ricky Sinhouse Jr. caution at the All-Star Race a couple weeks ago. What the heck was that? Um, and I, I missed this, but NASCAR, I guess, amended its caution policy after that. They basically said they were going to be less trigger happy, which to me kind of came into effect. Well, at one point it didn't, but at another point it did in the race because early in the race, Josh Balicki slows down and we get a caution that eventually led to the first lightning delay. So that was kind of glossed over. But then Chris Busher loses his wheel during green flag stops and they waited like a solid lap to throw the caution, despite the fact that that wheel was rolling down. Yeah, that, that one didn't make any sense either. It's like, which, like, which side of the corner are we on? Are we going trigger happy? We're not going trigger, trigger happy because we kind of saw a little bit of both on Sunday. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, again, it's going to, you know, NASCAR is always going to get raked over the calls, whether they go one way or the other with this thing. If they call the caution late in the race, people are going to say, well, you know, they could have kept going, put into the race, whatever. Nobody can win these scenarios, I guess. Yeah. But it certainly doesn't. A lot of things add up when you look at scenarios Chase Elliott's been in. Again, we're Chase Elliott fans. We're not knocking on the guy. But you look at a lot of right. scenarios. It's been, it is hard to say that didn't play a factor in it. Um, I think back, right. to, I'll admit, he should have been black flagged at the Roval last year when he was carrying around half of his race car dragging the track. Um, you look mm-hmm. at the convenience of the Coda race getting called last year when he was in the lead, despite Kyle Larson coming a lot quicker. And just a couple of other scenarios here and there that I can't think of off the top of my head. But, you know, it is kind of creating this, like, Dale Jr.-esque effect where, you know, Chase Elliott's out front. Okay, we're going to maybe look the other way a little bit. Yeah, he definitely benefits from it for sure. But look, and I'm not saying this is the reason they do it, but if you're NASCAR, I wouldn't want you want your most popular driver to benefit from it. Him winning gets right. him winning gets headlines. Right. But that's just the devil's advocate, I guess. Mm-hmm. One race that was not affected by rain was Saturday's race that was very, very hot. And uh, true to the form of JRM, Justin Allgaier dominated the entire race. Yeah. Continues just a hot streak for them. Yeah. It's just an incredible season for them. Um, it's like, okay, is this finally going to be Allgaier's year? Is he finally going to put it together? Like, you won't think so, but I feel like we've been in this scenario in years past where something inevitably goes wrong in the stretch run of the playoffs or at the finale in Phoenix. Um, so I guess it's kind of one of those, I'll believe it when I see it type of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely believe it when you see it. Um, Friday night, the truck series race, Ryan Priest gets his second straight win at Nashville super speedway. And of course he's doing these selective races. So when he gets in things, he's going out there hunting trophies, nothing else. Um, it brings up an interesting thing for me though, as of right now, uh, Eric Amarola is still set to retire full time at the end of the season. I would think if Priest was going to be that guy to take over that ride, wouldn't we would have heard about it by now? That, that's starting to look a little bit 
funny to me. Well, I mean, you would think so. And when he was hired on as SHR's kind of development driver and stuff like that, you, you know, you knew that whether, you know, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Priest signed on before Almirola announced he was retiring, right? Yes, it was soon before because as soon as Almirola announced his retirement, he's like, oh, well, here's your obvious replacement. That, that's why. But, right. I mean, look, at the sponsorship, then he's not going to race. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we assume that when Eric Amarola retires full-time, Smithfield's probably going to go with him because they've been connected to him for, for well over a decade now. So, yeah, if Priest can't bring the a right amount of sponsorship to the table, that would be a tough ask for them to fully fund that car, at least partially have to fund that car. But when you kind of look at who the potential free agents on the table for 2023 are, it kind of makes sense that they haven't committed to Priest yet. Tyler Reddick yeah. with RCR. Kyle Busch technically hasn't re-signed with Joe Gibbs, Joe Gibbs Racing. I know it's most likely going to happen, but if you're Tony Stewart or Gene Haas to a lesser effect, and you're looking at guys like Reddick, when you're looking at a guy like Kyle Busch, why wouldn't you want to at least give yourself a chance to maybe bring one of those guys in? Yeah, you might as well. I mean, get your chance to, to pair somebody up with Kevin Harvick, and eventually, I mean, obviously Harvick's going to retire at some point in time. Yeah. Um, you know, get rid of – you know, get somebody that's going to be able to replace him. Oh, not to mention that, but you look at down the Xfinity series, like a guy like Noah Gregson, like he's got to come up to the Cup Series eventually. He brings money with right. him. Is he potentially on the table for this? You, I mean, you would think he would kind of stay with the Hendrick Motorsports Chevy camp, but if that 10 seat got offered to him, I'd jump at it. Well, it's like, where's he going to go in Hendrick's camp? Yeah, nowhere to go right now, unless you're looking at a potential – you know, extra ride with colleague racing or, you know, the JRM coming to cup thing comes to fruition. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, no, definitely not as many doors open on the Chevy front. No. Speaking of silly season, we'll jump over into the silly season news because bluntly, Mark Jr. said, I'm coming back. And that ended all the speculation we had of him retiring, which I was really leaning towards more him retiring. It kind of seemed like everything was falling in place for that to be the more likely scenario. Um, you know, he's, he's had a decent season, but not a great season by any means, by Truex means, especially since he's been at, at Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, and his frustration with the new car and all that stuff, it just felt like if there was a time for him to bow out, it would have made sense. Yeah, but I, I will say I'm, I'm excited he's coming back. I mean, I, I think he's obviously a great talent. I think he's, I think he's good for the sport, and he'll, he'll continue to lift that um, – that program up it's just it was it, it was announced in the most martin true exploit like you said it was literally i'm coming back yeah yeah and i think it was even did it get announced first in his media availability when like he was just asked about it and said yeah i'm coming back and then they put out the stage yeah. like yeah, yeah. that's martin trex asked there's no press conference there's no cool promotional video or something else from the joe Gibbs racing twitter team it was just yeah i'm, I'm gonna come back Yep, see y'all next year. And a few words. Yeah. Um, continuing on on the news, and you brought this up. I believe it was Fox – it was Adam Stern that tweeted this out, that Fox Sports was pushing for the All-Star race to move to a different track. Obviously, you know, they have the baseball All-Star game, which goes to a different venue every single year. Still waiting on Atlanta to get that payback there. Um, but, uh, you know, they're pushing for, for Fox – for NASCAR to move the All-Star race. And obviously with how – hated texas motor speedway is in general 
particularly with their last two all-star races, it's got to come to fruition now, right? I mean, you would think, and we know that TV drives everything. I mean, they're the ones that push for the Coliseum. They're pushing for a Chicago street course. I mean, all these different things, Bristol dirt, like, you know, TV drives everything. And if they want it to move around, it'll move around. I'm still going to stick with my idea that I think Atlanta Motor Speedway would be the perfect place for it. You have a super speedway type race that you can run a 150, 200 mile race where, you know, you're going to get this action on top of each other and it's going to be close the entire time. You know, I think it would be perfect in the middle of the summer, running on 4th of July weekend, you know, under the lights. That'd be, that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Well, they, they, they've got to do something. You can't keep returning to Texas. But at the same time, do we want Texas to have two points paying races again? Texas only needs one points paying. Texas, that was honest, kind of but the trade off, like, okay, well, Texas can get the all star race, but now you only have to endure one points paying Texas race, which, my God, 500 miles there this, you know, in the playoffs this year is just going to be atrocious. Rough. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know about this, and I have to look into it. I don't know if the FERCO lawsuit still guarantees Texas Motor Speedway to have two dates. I don't know if that's still withstanding or not. Yeah. So it would suck if that was the case where they're guaranteed two dates no matter what. Um, but I just, yeah, te Texas doesn't need any dates, quite frankly. But if you had to keep it on schedule, one race, please. Make it 400 miles, not 500. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last bit of news. This is more speculation than anything else. Uh, it was kind of hinted at by Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the Dale Jr. download this week, and Kelly Earnhardt also made a mention of it. JRM looking at Cup Series opportunities. And for years and years, Dale Jr. said, we're not doing it, we're not doing it, we're not doing it. This next-gen car, the charter system, has at least picked up the intrigue, it seems, from the JRM camp. And... I don't know if it's going to happen next year. I definitely see them in the Cup Series within a few years. Um, I don't know if it's full-time. I don't know if it's part-time, but they're at least dipping their toe in the water to seeing what's out there. Right. Well, and that's the thing is, like you said, Dell Jr.'s kind of been, well, we're not really going to do it. And then, you know, I think it was today on Sirius XM NASCAR radio, it was, you know, Kelly and her Miller was basically like, yeah, I mean, we're looking at opportunities. It's not going to be next year, but, you know, we'll look down the road. See what happens. Well, I thought the timing of this was interesting, and maybe this is what stemmed the question on the, uh, the um, Ask Junior section of the Dale Junior download. I haven't listened to it yet. But Josh Berry said earlier uh, last week, like, yeah, my goal is to go to the Cup Series now. Like, I made it this far. Why not? Um, you know, a couple years ago, he thought it was destined to be a short track race forever. Now he's in the Xfinity Series running successfully. Could very well be the champion this year. So why wouldn't he shoot for the Cup Series? And it would make the most sense to do it with JRM. I mean, he's kind of been like, Junior's protege for all these years, and, and Junior's talked about how emotionally gets when he sees him win. It would make perfect sense if you ran the Cup Series for JRM one day. Look, if, if you're going to pick a guy, I'd go right now. You, you'd go with the – I think you could go with Gregson, Barry, or Algar, and I don't think you'd have any kind of issue with it. Or, I mean, look at the possibility of what Colleague Racing's done this year with the 16 car. You get a charter. You run the team full-time. You have four drivers in the Xfinity Series. Why not rotate them? That's true. That's a good point. And that also brings up the possibility, let's say we keep running the Clash, the L.A. Coliseum, what stops Dale Jr. from running the Clash one day? Yeah. We want to talk yeah. about marketability. There you go. Yeah. 
I mean, we know he's not going to run the Daytona 500 or run a points paying race ever again, but I'd like to see him go run the clash or, you know, some kind of event. If we ever went back to North Wilkesboro for whatever reason for the all-star race or whatever, why wouldn't he run it? Right. So, um, we'll see what happens again. I'm not expecting it next year, maybe a part-time thing, Daytona 500 or something like that in collaboration with Hendrick, because what we've created with the four team limit is basically teams are, using these alliances to run fifth cars and six cars or whatever. Do you think when Ryan Priest runs the 15 car, that's an actual Rick Ware car? It's not. It's a Stewart House car. It's a fifth Stewart House racing car. They just slap the Rick Ware badge on the side of it. So, you know, this is an opportunity that if Hendrick wanted to expand to a fifth car for a guy like Noah Gregson, for a Josh Berry, here's your opportunity to do it under the banner of Junior Motorsports. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you, these teams obviously get creative. And like you said, Noah brings sponsorship. Yeah. You know, so it's – he's going to – and I think, you know, he's a guy that is definitely a contender for the championship this year in the Xfinity Series. How many more years does he need in, in, in the Xfinity Series? You know, I think next year he can bump up if he wants to. I mean – Well, and he's also somebody that's getting a ton of Cup Series experience this year running part-time. Yep. Uh, racing so it's not like you're throwing him out there as just a you know green rookie that has never raced any of these tracks with this car before he's going to have experience so he's going to have a little bit of a head start as opposed to your average rookie right we'll see what happens um off to some road courses this weekend cup and xfinity gonna be at road america might be the last race road america we'll wait and see on that uh and the truck series going to run mid ohio in collaboration with the Indy Carbon uh, um, uh, there this weekend. I know you're not a huge fan of road courses, so you're going to get your unfortunate fill of them this weekend. Um, but we'll make our picks. Uh, you can go ahead with the Truck Series at Mid Ohio. I thought I, I thought they were off this weekend. No, oh, they are running Mid Ohio. Are you sure? You know, we'll check on that because the um, uh, Indy Car is there this weekend. Let me. Because I was looking up, and I didn't think that they – I thought they were racing next weekend. Oh, shoot. Yeah, next week. That doesn't make sense to me, because why would they run the week after the IndyCar series? Yeah, I have no idea. But I because I, I looked at it today, because I always like I always like to glance through the, the entry list yeah. uh, to see that Bob Pockers always puts out, and I was – looking for the truck one and then didn't see it so i guess that makes yeah, i stand corrected then i thought the truck series was racing this week and we have to wait another week for that unfortunately well regardless i probably wasn't going to pick the right one anyways so yeah. um, I can you know? why wouldn't you run the two events on the same weekend that's odd who knows i thought because I, I didn't even look at the truck series schedule i saw them promoting the indycar race for mid ohio this week and i was like oh well, duh of course the truck series is going to run on saturday but i guess not i stand corrected yeah, so we'll skip to the Xfinity Series. I'm going to the Xfinity Series at Road America on Saturday then. Um, I'm going to go with the kind of a wild card. You know, with these road courses, you, it's more about positioning yourself for the end of the race rather than getting the points. You know, we do have some cup guys in there. Um, but I'm going to go with a former cup guy who's in an off week in the truck series. We'll go with John Hunter Nemechek. He's in the 26 car this weekend. But I think not having to race – for points will definitely help him 
and and he's shown ability at time to run well in road courses. Uh, I'm going to stay in the Gibbs camp and look at us. Neither one of us is going to pick AJ Allmendinger. How about that? He's probably going to win his third road course race of the season, third in a row. Um, I liked what I saw out of Ty Gibbs at Portland before he got cleaned out by Jesse Awuji, obviously. Kids good everywhere, and especially at Road America, which is a big, long racetrack. The power under the can make a difference at this track. Joe Gibbs Racing brings the best every single week, so I'm going to go with Ty Gibbs this weekend. Yeah. Cup Series on Sunday. Chase Elliott won this race last year. Trackhouse Racing undefeated on road courses so far this year. Which way are you leaning? Well, I think to keep it in the manufacturer um, family, and I, I think Chase will not only go back-to-back this year, but back-to-back wins at Road America. Um, you know, I think that they've got a good little thing going now, and, and what, what's a better place to keep the ball rolling than Road America? I'm going to go really outside the box on this one. I was extremely impressed by his performance at Sonoma a couple weeks ago. He's had a roller coaster over the past month between running well, wrecking, and having to sit out a race at Gateway. I'm going to go with Chris Busher. Very good road racer. Very underrated guy in general. Um, I think he's yeah. on this weekend and locks himself in the playoffs. That is bold. That is very bold. Again, am I, is it probably going to happen? Probably not, but I, I have a big lead. I can take a risk. I was going to say, you're up 9-2. to two. It's been a rough go of it for me this I'm season. Money at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh. We'll see what happens this weekend. Then we will look ahead to the Chuck Series racing at Mid-Ohio and NASCAR making it in the Cup and Xfinity Series coming back to Atlanta Motor Speedway next weekend. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to it. Um, can't wait to see what happens this weekend. So glad NBC is back. And uh, hopefully we've got a great weekend of racing ahead. Most definitely. So we don't next. I'm Tyler Head. Thanks so much for listening to the FCU podcast, and we will catch you next time.